Welcome back to season three of Black Guys on White Movies. I am your host, Aaron Covington. And I am your co-host, Aman Adumer. And we're missing our third host, Brandon Gardner, our uh, white expert. Mm-hmm. Brandon is currently just busy. He's having a, another kid. So mm-hmm. even if you don't have kids, you know what that means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's a busy man and he's finishing a show, an animated stop motion show. So he's busy with work and family and uh, he'll pop in during the season here and there when he can or if he can when he needs a break he's like you take the kids i gotta do a podcast give me two hours <laughs> yeah he'll whenever he pops in it'll be a treat and we're excited for him to finish all that work and the next stage of life it's amazing for sure now this week we're doing the movie we have watched the movie jurassic park the original uh the classic jurassic park um, but before we get into that, I want to take a second to talk about the podcast and what we're doing here and kind of redefine, um, redefine like what this podcast is about and what we're trying to do here. Uh, and it's, you know, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're, we're talking about movies, we're talking about movies that we like, but the first question is what, what is a white movie? What does that mean? Um, to define that, I look first at what is what is a black movie. As a black person, you grow up and you hear a lot of black movies. Is this a black movie? That's a black movie. So, without defining that, just going into white movie, what makes it a white movie? It's it is about who makes it. The producers, director, writers, lead actors. And that's really the first the first part, regardless of who it's made for. But I've never seen a movie with white leads, white writers, white directors that was not made for American white mainstream audience, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's who who is the movie made for? But a white movie. I think it gets confused. Like we're doing Jurassic Park this week and you look at it like, this is a a big movie. It's for everybody. But in mainstream American culture, what does everybody mean? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Doesn't that just mean the majority white people? Mm -hmm. You know? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think having the majority of the population for a very long time, things were tailored towards white people. And then the projects that were tailored for different races, the few that popped through, they had like, there's a whole, there's a whole history of like the, you know, black theaters, uh, uh, black uh, cinema, black, uh, everything, right. Latino, everything like it's, those are specifically tailored towards that community. So then when something comes out in mass, it's 
was initially for white people. And so totally. I think that's what that means. And I, I don't know that any other ethnicity race would have done the events in Jurassic Park differently if you're plotting a story. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not. That's, that's maybe a bigger discussion. But there is nothing culturally in these movies that's for anybody. So I guess my example is, you know, I got a friend, his friend Patrick, who checks out the Chinese box office pretty often, just like for fun, see what's happening. Or I think he also, you know, cares about the movie markets. Okay. And we talk about it. And so they make big budget blockbusters all the time. So their movies have artifacts in them and and situations and dialogue in them that are culturally specific. Right. And if you were any person, but let's say a white person watching a Chinese big action blockbuster, there would be things in there you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would react the same way. I don't know if I related to this or that. Yeah. So in these big budget mainstream American movies that are made with white creatives and white leads, as a black kid, I've always watched these movies and had at least a little disconnect. It's not that I don't like them or don't appreciate them or don't didn't marvel at the majesty of dinosaurs in this one specifically. Mm -hmm. But there are attitudes and actions that are culturally specific to white yes. American white culture. Yes. Yeah. And we notice that when we, when a movie of a different culture does break through. And for example, I'm thinking of like a lot of South Korean movies, like uh, sure. when Parasite broke through and uh, there were uh, a number of questions that, maybe Americans had about, oh, why, why would this person do this instead of this, this, and this? And those were Mm -hmm. culturally specific actions. Um, And even further along, like all, I don't want to say all, but the black comedy, there's a brand of black comedy stand up back in the day, like Def Jam, everything that would point the differences between the cultures, you know, uh, <laughs> white sure. people, white people do X and black people do Z. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so much of it was, you know, Eddie Murphy making fun of white yeah. movies and going, yeah. Well, well, now we have TikTok for that. TikTok will, will, will let True. you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So and then the other question is, okay, what is culture? I think that, that gets to it. What is culture? What is, and people say, white people don't have a culture, but even the absence of culture is culture. That is the culture. Then. But I don't think necessarily that that's the case. So you have to, so we have to define culture. And I have a few bullet points that make me think of what, what is culture? And I'm not an anthropologist or any kind of scholar like that. Hmm. But when I think of culture, I think of, First, I think of survival. And a lot of cultural things are this is what people did at a time to survive in this environment, 
under this or that regime. When we look at other cultures, it's always, we can start with the food and it's like, well, this, they had to go out and get the food this way. They hunted or they grew food and this is what they could hunt. So this animal is a cultural food group. This crop, culturally, a lot of the foods have this or that crop. But when we would, if you would look back, if you could look a hundred years back to now, if you were in the future, whether or not you think this culture is crap or not, whether or not you would have jokes on it, like the culture for food is a grocery store. Mm. Maybe that's not as romantic as it was in the past, but that's how we get food. That's, you know, it's this mass production, manufacturing now becoming digital life. This is the culture. Watching TV is the culture, like mm-hmm. for better or worse, or however sad that may sound to you. I think a lot of people would say that and that's really sad, but right. that's the way it is. And so a lot of times you look at this movie and people are doing things and people maybe feel comfortable and maybe we're not thinking about survival every day the way People did 50, 100, 200,000 years ago. Right. But that's still what we're programmed for and to be. Mm-hmm. And when there's a certain level of security, people's minds go to other things, other stresses, and we have so many more inputs nowadays. But mm-hmm. within these movies and what we're looking at, these white movies, is how do they reflect the culture of the time? We're looking at it from that perspective of looking back almost as if we're, you know, and being black, we feel like we're from another culture. Sometimes there's, you know, black America and white America are different. And even you and I are different because mm-hmm. are first, your first generation, right? Right. Yeah. First generation. So there's just a, a lot of cultural differences and, and everything. Yeah. And I just feel like white culture doesn't get, it gets made fun of and not that we are or aren't making fun of it here. We have some jokes and stuff, but sure. also just some curious of what do these things mean? What, right. what is the, what are the cultural lessons we're taking from this? And how did people mm-hmm. act at a time the movie was made that we even do differently now without it being just, and kind of looking at the whiteness specifically kind of rambling here, but mm-hmm. it's not about black people do this, white people do that. It's just like, it's like David Attenborough's like, look here, in this movie, the white people, natives of this, not even natives of the land, I almost really messed up there, but Ooh, yeah. people, of, <laughs> the people here, they lived in the suburbs. That's depicted in Back to the Future. You know, that's kind of the point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who, you mean like in the future looking back and going, oh, what's, what was the culture that they had here? Kind of an anthropological point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't need to go that far. You could just get someone who's just moved here, like an immigrant, and they can tell you. Although a lot of like my family who are in Ethiopia and different places, they absorb American culture or Western culture through movies and TV. Right. It- Exactly. Music. And so they they have a sense of things, but even they have a culture shock when they come here. Yeah. And 
from what they thought it would be like to what it actually is. Um, I was talking to one of them recently, this like a, a new, this guy who's like living with my family now, a distant relative who just mm -hmm. flew in. Mm -hmm. And he went through the same culture shock that everybody does when they come. He goes, yeah, I thought I was leaving my country. I thought I was coming to a country that was a lot more, um, gold was everywhere. Like there's money. Sure. And that's why he came. <laughs> sure. Money, opportunity, like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, everything's a come up. You can just come and make something of yourself. And he's like, that's so true. But what they don't tell you is that it's going to cost all of your time and you are not going to have connection anymore with people. Yeah. So he's going through that thing of like, man, I'm making a ton of money, but what's the, I'm still going home tired and I don't get yeah, to go see everybody. Life? Yeah. What's my life? What's it taking? So. And even looking at that without the comparison mm -hmm. or the expectations, I think would be ideal to be just like, this is how they lived. And this is the balance of their lives without being like, this is what other cultures do. Right. Because that's how like a nature show would do. It doesn't always compare. It just presents. Mm -hmm. We had a little commentary because it's a podcast and we want to be a little funny. We want to have fun with it. But mm -hmm. I think that's the overall goal. So let's get into Jurassic Park. Let's, let's, let's get into what we're doing here. Oh, yeah. I will read the log line first for okay. Jurassic Park. A pragmatic paleontologist touring an almost complete theme park on an island in Central America is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. <laughs> that, that buries the lead a lot. Right. <laughs> it does not lead with, hey, there's, there's dinosaurs. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> watch, watch out. Dinosaurs are everywhere. And it's it's a park that's gone amok. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Something just like <laughs> dinosaurs are cloned in the modern world and it's a mm -hmm. theme park and it runs amok. <laughs> and chaos yeah. ensues. Chaos ensues. That's so funny. It's so, so, so wordy, that log line, where I'm like, oh, yeah. it had to be based on an, a book that was successful. You know, IMDb is, I'm not sure even all these log lines are, I think some of them were just fan written too, so I don't even know. Oh, that's even better. A fan is just struggling, yeah. trying to put all this into a sentence. Yeah. How do I word it? And somebody's trying to be too clever. Right. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, of course, who uh, has done a couple of what you could call black movies. Ooh. Which one he are you did thinking about? The Color Purple. He directed that. Wow. I always forget that. 84, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he also did uh, Amistad. Oh, wow. Steven Spielberg is a versatile. He could swing through different, every genre, every type of movie. He's given the opportunity oh. to do so. You know, I, I almost thought it was interesting. It's, I don't know if it's really a black movie, but it is about 
slavery setting setting the time of slavery and it has Mm -hmm. a lot of black characters but the color purple is based on a book by a black author alice walker and definitely a black story and you could question whether he was the right guy to do it but it was made and came out in 85 it's a pretty big movie Mm -hmm. just the climate of hollywood at the time probably made it hard for you know he was maybe he may have been the guy that only guy that could have gotten it done at the time i don't know yeah he pushed it across the finish line i'm sure it'd be hard to get funding in 85 yeah to any black director yeah it's just not unfortunately for us (laughs) it just wasn't a time when that was a priority in the industry or to anybody so Mm -hmm. and you know white creatives have had a tendency to just say oh we can tell anybody's story (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. part of the big i think you know fight now with in the industry who's telling the stories uh so what's interesting is this was your first time seeing this movie yes or no yeah first time watching Jurassic park that's unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) really can you believe uh so I feel like I've seen uh, Remember the Titans 7,000 times and I haven't seen Jurassic Park once. What did you, what did you think of Jurassic uh, Park? What were your first thoughts? Well, first I, w- I thought, okay, this is a piece of cinema history that is probably, I've seen pieces of it reflected in sketches or other movies and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I was pleasantly surprised that I couldn't really, I couldn't recognize much of it. I kind of recognized some of the Jeff Goldblum memes and that's pretty mm. much it. It was, it was, it was a good, it was a, you know, I like to watch movies on two times speed. And so I've watched it on two times speed. And if it's a good enough movie, I'll slow down the playback speed to try to really like walk in. And then once that midpoint hit, I slowed down the playback speed and I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Let's go, Stevie. I I don't know how to process you watching all these movies on two times speed. You don't, but have you, you ever know, tried it? I would never disrespect okay. the craft disrespect of cinema this isn't a podcast podcast you can listen to point 1.5 speed you got to speed up some podcasts cinema though you know but hey hey hey. i'm not here to gatekeep how people watch movies thank you very much thank you very much you probably go into bars and change the tv setting don't you if they're to make sure that it doesn't it's proper for movies well, like the motion blur? Uh-huh, motion blur. Uh, I, no, I don't. I should, though. Somebody <laughs> should. I mean, this is a, it's a crime. <laughs> Why does that even exist? It's not even, we have to get into that. Why does that even exist as a thing? Nobody likes it. People get used to it, but nobody likes it. That's true. We all get used to it. But you're a cinema purist, is what I'm trying to say. Things must be. You know, not. I mean, maybe I am, but it's, I think it's just generational. I think it's just generational. 
that's not yeah. even something we had the option to do. Right. In the right. 90s, you know, when I was growing up, I'm just, you know, enough older than you where it was just, I grew up in a different media environment. Right. So that wasn't even like, it's, it's not even something I would think of. But now thinking back, aren't there a ton of movies you wish you could have just two times sped through? Like you no. didn't need to sit through it like that? No, you know, not maybe wow. if it's something that I start to experience and start to appreciate it on its own now, mm-hmm. I could say that, but I still haven't experienced it. So it does not even, it doesn't even appeal to me to do that. Wow. It's not some three hour, four hour movie that you wish you could have cut down to an hour and a half. Not even a single one you can think of. I could think of a million. But that's because that's what you do. That's not something I, I do. That's not something I, I, I like right now. That's true. It's like, don't that's you want to pour uh, Granny's secret homemade sauce on your food? It's like, no, I, no, I don't want to do that. Then once you had it, you get used to it. Like, man, Granny uh-huh. lives right next door. I wish I had that. I, I don't think about that sauce. <laughs> sure. You just, so it's, it's a drug you're not exposed to yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the movie a little bit and then we'll talk. We'll do a movie run through and then we'll do cultural, but it'll kind of all be together. Right. Yeah. What I found interesting. So this movie, is this movie diverse? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. There are black people scattered in the movie in the background and Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, yep. Is uh, you know, smoking a cig in every scene. <laughs> which was a which was a cool character thing that he's just like a chain smoker <laughs> mm-hmm. working in the basement of Jurassic Park. Sign of the times when you could smoke inside of a at your job, just smoking right. inside the place. See, that's a cultural thing. True. And um it had the Asian doctor, yeah, played by B. D. Wong, who still works all the time. My Just God, yeah, a great, great character actor. Mm-hmm. When they're in the lab, and then because it's supposed to be on an island in the background, when we're like when Wayne Knight Newman, <laughs> mm-hmm. Newman, when he's setting up his his illicit deal, there's black people in the background of that, and mm-hmm. a couple other times. And what's interesting is the first images of the movie are like the leaves rustling because it's like hinting at this dinosaur that they're trying to transport. Then the first person we see, it's a black man. It's a black guy's face. One of the workers close up on his face. Then we go back to this contraption in the leaves. And then we, then the next face we see is a Mexican guy's face. What are the other? Mm -hmm workers here the mexican guy's face Mm -hmm. then we cut to um the hunter guy played by bob peck who um is is kind of overseeing the whole thing yeah then the raptor goes goes mad kills a different black guy first person to die from a dinosaur in the movie of course is a different black guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
dinosaur kills maybe four people in the movie. Two, two are black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right away, a black guy gets sacrificed. I'm right like, away, oh. which lets you know, actually, what's interesting about Jurassic Park is this is a... I've always thought it's more of a horror movie. I think this was Spielberg channeling, like, The Shining mm-hmm. and some old uh, Hitchcock movies. The birds, obviously, they talk about birds so much. Mm-hmm. I think he was channeling horror movies to really lure the audience in. Yeah. I mean, they did... He, it's such an amazing job of layering the information and building suspense in this movie. Totally. Yeah. The whole first hour of the movie is just all set up. Not, it's just all set up. Oh yeah. You know, they hunt like this. Okay. Moving along, moving along. This is what they'll do to you. Moving along, moving along. And then it gets real. And they do a great job of doing all that and keeping it interesting and entertaining. For sure. Uh, real quick aside, Black Movie of the Week. Sometimes I forget this. Oh, yeah. I just went with a Black movie with a big cast. It's not related. There's no Black-led dinosaur movies that I know of. Mm-hmm. But I went with the movie Glory from 1989 about a Black regiment in the Civil War. Oh, wow. Okay. Starring um, Matthew Broderick. Denzel Washington, Samuel Jackson, Andre Brower. Mm-hmm. Denzel won Best Supporting Actor for that role. And the reason I picked that was just looking for a, a big kind of epic feeling movie. And I wanted a movie with a big cast. Because mm. yeah. there's no bigger cast than dinosaurs. <laughs> Truly, you can't beat that. So I went with uh, these guys kind of in their prime or maybe just before their prime and what was a really big movie. Yeah. Good. Uh, I've not seen Glory. I do know about the the famous scene with the tear. Single tear. I'm like, give me that over some CGI dinosaur, you know? Yeah. Again, is Glory really a black movie? It's about a black regiment. It's a white made movie. I think it may be even more to just educate the masses about this thing, but we're going to let it slide. We got to stretch a little bit if we're going to keep this podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> when we start comparing to these kinds of big budget movies, we got to, we got to stretch for black movies we until we get to the but point it, where we're the same. We get the same, budget. but it also made me think of, um, have you seen the new Ant-Man? I did. Quantum yeah. Mania. Mm-hmm. They did a similar thing where we didn't see Kang for a long time. He was introduced in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Then we don't see him, but they're just always talking about him and the danger of him. And the first hour is presenting the danger of the dinosaurs. Yes. Right? Yep. Yep. And how they break it down is like really interesting and how they do it. Because we don't see in the opening scene all we see is the eye of the dinosaur when he looks at the hunter dude. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going <laughs> to be, these dinosaurs are diabolical. Mm-hmm. Then we have the setup, Dr. Grant, paleontologist. He's looking at the screen, doesn't love technology. I think that's also an important part of the movie. 
Yep. He uh, makes it clear. Hit, he hates computers. We hit, we hit the themes. He doesn't want kids also, or, mm-hmm. you know, he's also like 50 years old. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those Hollywood things where it's like, he's 50 something and Laura Dern is a young person. So uh-huh. we allow it. And we get this, we get to set up with uh, Newman and he's like, got a little legal deal because he's all about the money which is another trope like the flat the fat sob fat slob trope mm-hmm. you know all he's doing is eating and tricking everybody and doesn't care about the money and as a big guy myself sometimes i get annoyed when they just like that guy's a fat guy and his bad quality is that he eats all the time it's like mm-hmm. again this was 30 years ago i'm not mad at it it's fine and newman is this is a lot of the characters that he he's played. I'm not always going to call him Newman. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was such an iconic role on Seinfeld. I, that's just what it is. And mm-hmm. people can relate to that easier. Truly. It's easier uh, to imagine. And he plays a Newman type. And he plays a Newman type. Mm-hmm. And just as a big guy myself, sometimes I just feel a little like, oh, annoyed at it. But there's other bad guy characters. So don't come at me like, oh, they can't do anything right. You're mad. I'm not mad. I just notice. Yeah. You know? It's- it's a trope. That's all. It's, it's just a trope. You know, it's, it, it happens a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Also the black guy that dies. So later when the lawyer is, I think getting with, uh, Attenborough, mm-hmm. he says they got a $20 million lawsuit. Now I'm, I don't think the movie needs should, or any of the sequels should, should have had to dwell. dive into that. Mm-hmm. But a black man died by a dinosaur and his family is suing for 20 million for the part. I just think that that is, I just noticed that this time, I think it was really funny. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if that would happen today, like all the TikToks, like it's like with all the tech and AI and stuff, like that's what Jurassic Park would be like, oh, this new park and they own dinosaurs and everybody would be like, look at why this is a good idea and bad idea. And they'd be like, did you know a black man died? the park and nobody's doing anything about it mm-hmm. yeah that's true they'd make a they'd make a thing of it it would hopefully become viral enough that they settle like that would be enough to shut down the park now truly you know truly it should be also should i don't be. know what the sequels do but they should have gave that black man's family the park and then right. like as it, as a settlement, you know, like here, this is your land now. <laughs> every uh, every Jurassic Park sequel is a black movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it turns into a black Jurassic Park. Now that, who, that would just be incredible. Who, who runs Jurassic Park now? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Grant, Marcus Grant. Yeah, Marcus Grant. The son, the son of Lucas Grant, uh, who died. <laughs> they sued and uh they were given a park and he continued the experiments. He continued to do the thing. Like the black family just kept it up. That would Tried be to make it something. That's some fan fiction right there. Write that up. Okay, I'm in. I'm writing it. it now, yeah, when the black person died initially and they don't shut down the park, I think that's uh statement enough about 
the value of that person's life versus wow. the the yeah. money coming in and what they planned on doing. That's straight yeah. up. Oh man, if that was consciously or subconsciously part of the movie, that's actually genius. <laughs> like the black man died, so there's no real repercussions. It's just a lawsuit that is mm-hmm. casually mentioned one time. Mm-hmm. But man, if a white guy had died, they would have shut down the they park. They would have shut the whole thing down. Oh, it would have been bad. It would have been rough. Okay. okay, so they were going through, and we don't see another dinosaur until like the 22-minute mark. Mm-hmm. But that's when we see a herd of dinosaurs and all these veggie eaters, as a girl says, right? Mm-hmm. Veggie the veggie dinosaurs. And from that point, for the next 40 minutes, we're just kind of giving it glimpses of nice dinosaurs. When they go by the T-Rex pit at first, before you come, you know, when it's still day, we don't see it. They don't see any raptors. We don't see anything. And then we go back to the, well, before we go out, no, we go back to the park, whatever the order is, and they explain everything. And they did a real good job here of presenting other opinions on the part, like the Jeff Goldblum character, mm-hmm. Dr. Malcolm. He's like, you're playing God here. Like, what is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are you, what are you doing? He's like, life finds a way. He's like, you, and he has a great speech yes. that he yes. gives that really kind of sums up so much of white culture historically. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you didn't do any actual work here. You, you, so you harbor no responsibility for the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh Ooh, my goodness, that's so." Why isn't that that speech should be in Washington somewhere? We should put that yeah. in the Constitution. That's so true. He talked about standing on the shoulders of all the people who put the work in, and then not having to exactly. deal with any of the consequences. It magic. And then the famous, famous line that I even heard before this movie was when he mentioned the scientists were too busy thinking if they can do it to question if they should. Right. And it's like, hmm. I mean, that's Speak. the whole history of colonialism. <laughs> the whole history. Yep. And, and a lot of the history of technological advancement that was maybe brought on faster than humans were ready for. He also tells, he's like, your Dr. Wu does not even know the names of the things he is creating. He cannot be bothered with such details as what the thing is called, let alone what it is. It's like, man, he was ripping into him. But then the other doctors Mm -hmm. also kind of agree with him. They're like, what you've done here is there's, it is amazing, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. Oh man. And it feels like it's, uh, resonant even today when it comes to talks about AI, where right. the heads of AI, like the people who founded these AI companies, are going to Congress telling them that we need to regulate this because we're not stopping and all of our competitors are not stopping either. And they're so busy trying to win and get good at it and create this thing that's so incredible. And they're too busy thinking about that to think about the repercussions of it. Right. Oh, Jurassic AI. That's the quadruple sequel, whatever it is, whatever number they're on now. Right. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, 
Jurassic AI. <laughs> That's the Jurassic next trilogy. AI. Yeah. So they're building this tension and they're always saying things like, oh, the alien, the oh, not the aliens, <laughs> the dinosaurs, they uh they can't give birth in a while. And uh, experts are like, okay, uh, we'll see. And then they say, well, what happened? What would happen? What would be the worst case? And they have this thing called the lysine contingency. I don't know if you caught that. Hmm. I haven't seen this movie a bunch of times. I never paid that much attention to it. The lysine contingency basically says that uh, the nutrient lysine Mm -hmm. that these dinosaurs need is something that is fed to them by the park. And if the park stops giving them lysine, they will starve and die. Hmm. That this specific amino acid is crucial for them to live. Like, I guess if humans lost some essential nutrient, like... Hmm. I don't know. It makes me think of like scurvy. You're not getting any of the citrus. You get scurvy. You get really sick. Right. Um, but that's all just like theoretical because when they stop on the trail, they, oh no, maybe it's later. It's later when he's running with the kids. Mm-hmm. He comes across some eggs that have hatched. Yes. Yes. And they were like, mixed with some frog DNA and so they uh-huh. could change sexes in the wild and, and, and procreate because as the doctor said, life finds a way. Life finds a way. That's right. So even before we get to that, we have all this, like, Oh, they see one and then they see the sick one and she's in the poop, mm-hmm. which is great filmmaking. Cause she gets kind of concerned about the poop and the sick animal that she leaves the group. Yeah. Which is very important because then Dr. Grant gets stuck with the kids and his whole story about trying to be a father because she wants to have kids and he has to go through that. Mm-hmm. Which also, back to Spielberg for a second, he made the Fablemans. I hadn't seen that, but we know a lot of his storytelling is, you know, his parents were divorced and how he felt. Because when the lawyer leaves the kids, the girl is like, he left us. She says it over like a couple times. He left us. He just left us. Yeah, I think that's like that. That's the personal touch from Spielberg, feeling like he was left by his father. Ooh, gotta snap that up. The man, the man's a master storyteller. He's a master storyteller. Truly, yeah. Well done. Um, and then I think they're the- on that. They're they're on that island because that's the Doctor Hammond is their grandfather, and their parents are getting yeah. divorced. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it all ties in, you know, he's able to take a big blockbuster and make it personal to him. Yeah. So then an the hour in is when it's nighttime and it's raining. They're by the T-Rex pad. Newman has unlocked all the gates and turned off all the electricity. Mm-hmm. And we, and we hear and we see the cup on the dash vibrate because yes. something is coming. And this yeah. is when the horror movie starts, <laughs> which I know we, you know, we had to watch it at home for this, but seeing this in a the theater, uh-huh. it was terrifying. I mean, I granted I was a kid, but yeah. I actually seen it in the theater since like it is, it is crazy to see this in the theater 
when you first see the T-Rex and he's got that horrible howl that he does Oof, yeah. that just cracks your ears and yeah. he's chasing him. It's just terrifying. It's, it's such great filmmaking. He shows you just what you need to see. It doesn't ever seem like they're going to get out of it, but they do. Mm-hmm. They're always in danger. Right. You know, all that stuff is just, I mean, it's just it's amazing so, filmmaking. So, so amazing. So amazing. And it holds up. I was concerned going into it thinking, oh, these dinosaurs in 1985 are going to look cheesy or like fake. And no, he shows you, yeah. like you said, just enough to freak you out and shows you the impact of like that T-Rex coming through the, the sunroof of the car with the glass coming down. It, yeah. I got to see this in a theater just to experience what you're talking about. Yeah. That full body. Yeah. It, it would be great if you could. If I see a plane, maybe we'll check it out one day. We'll see. We'll keep an eye out. LA oh, yeah. always has screening. And apparently this is a 30th anniversary. I was seeing a bunch of wow. things online. So our timing is fantastic. And the only reason we're watching it is because when I brought it up, and conversations we had off the pod, you said you hadn't seen it. So I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this is just a public service. I have to make a mind watch this movie. <laughs> We're not even recording anything. You just made me watch the movie. Right. And then the last thing I want to talk about, because um, culturally with this movie, you know, what is it? I think there's a couple things to look at. Mm-hmm. One is the discourse around it. Like, I think Jurassic Park is, is one of the greatest movies of all time. As much as we all love to rank things, and I try to think about things like that, but we were talking before about when these lists come out and these critics lists, and what's the greatest movie of all time? And, like, why is Jurassic Park not on that list? Mm-hmm. Is this not one of the greatest movies of all time? And I think, you know... I think we talked too. like, what is this? This movie doesn't have like a tour de force acting performance. It doesn't really right. have, have the space for that. Mm-hmm. But as far as what a movie is as entertainment and as um, having a message, a number of messages and what was ex- executed here and how you feel when you watch it and finish it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything against like, kind of critics choices these you know maybe it's a foreign movie or older movie or a really much slower movie that's more about the acting or has a deep message like but are Mm -hmm. they better than jurassic park really yeah or are they just different you know and i think we're in a point where like the, the, the discourse around these things are changing and i think minorities are leading a lot of these discussions for a number of reasons. But when we talk greatest movies ever and we're not talking Jurassic Park, I just wonder what what are we talking about? Yeah. It makes you question the how valid the list is or whoever's posting. Or what the agenda or the Mm-hmm. What are the values that we're talking about when we talk about the best movies of all time? Yeah, you know? and if you and you know, 
if we were making a time capsule mm-hmm. to send to Barry for people to pick up and they're like, we're going to watch what movie should people watch in a hundred years and 200 years from now. Mm-hmm. I, I would vote very highly to put Jurassic Park in that time capsule, you know, over yeah. a lot of these other so-called great movies. Yeah. Especially like with this podcast, we're talking culturally. If I wanted you to know what was going on culturally, mm-hmm. I might take one of the most important blockbusters <laughs> of the mm-hmm. modern film era mm-hmm. and put it in that time capsule. And there's some of these top choices, top critic choices that I might not want to see in that time capsule. Yeah. But, yeah. And we did E.T. last time. I, I probably put E.T. in there too. Like the movies, <laughs> the iconography, uh-huh. you know, when we talk about movies, when, right. when there's like great movies and they have a montage, they got a dinosaur and a little alien in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or even just listening to, if you were just didn't have a movie, but just had a soundtrack and you play any of these soundtracks, you'd know immediately what it was and you'd have those feelings you had watching it. And I think maybe people don't love a winner as much. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, what are we going to just put every Spielberg movie in there? Um, Maybe there's part of partly that. Yeah. And forgetting even a timeline, like uh, if you're stuck on a deserted Island or stuck on a, or even worse, you're stuck on a flight around the country, you know, like a 15 hour flight around the country. You're watching Jurassic park. I'm watching Jurassic park. You're going to put Jurassic park on. Yeah. It's just enjoyable. It puts you through the, your feelings, you're feeling all this uh, joy, excitement, fear, the whole deal. It's great. Um, so I think that's, you know, part of a bigger discussion, but I just wanted to, to touch at it. Mm-hmm. I think this movie does a good job of kind of critiquing itself culturally where it has the lawyer and even Dr. Hammond who are like, let's just move forward. Let's get this money. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the experts, Dr. Grant and uh, Dr. Malcolm, and right. who are the ones that are like uh, Dr. Sattler is her name, Laura mm-hmm. Dern, who's amazing in this also. Oh, yeah, she's great. Who provide the commentary of like, maybe this isn't a good idea. Everything shouldn't be about money. What's, you know, mm-hmm. what are we really doing? What's the point of this? And even mm-hmm. the kids who get caught in the middle who are like, just get get beat up. There's an, another interesting thing I mentioned in the movie. There's this thing that I would call, I have to also start kind of defining my theories and stuff. Okay. But this one I'm going to call the purity of heart theory. I'm going to write this down. And it's like, everybody who believed the right things kind of was unscathed in the movie. Everybody who kind of believed the wrong things got hurt or killed, mm-hmm. except for the little boy. But I think his thing is that he's the most vulnerable, so he had to be in the most danger. Yeah, yeah. Almost just from a filmmaking storytelling perspective, like right, the guy who right. needs the most help. You know, he's the one that like hurts. Hurts the leg and can't get around. He's the one that gets shocked on the fence. 
mm-hmm. you know, it really makes you kind of care more and yeah, and everything like that. But like yeah. the girl goes through it in a way that seems like punishing. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, the little girl. Yeah. The girl. Cause she is not quite pure enough of heart. She like, right. like isn't that excited about the dinosaurs. She makes fun of her brother's interest in it. You know, she hates the meat eaters, which is warranted after, you know, seeing her for 20 minutes and she's getting attacked by dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Like nothing's nice to her. You know, everything's kind of crappy that happens to her. And then, um, Newman dies. The lawyer dies. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hammond stays back. They didn't want to kill an old man. Of course he loses everything. Yeah. In the park. Yeah. Samuel Jackson dies. We don't even, we don't see it on screen, but he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a chain smoker. (laughs) That's his crime. So, so he crimes. The hunter dies because even though he was a righteous dude, he still is an animal hunter. Oh, okay. I was, I, I thought that's where your theory might've broke because I didn't know what the hunter's crime was. So he died almost like a warrior, like on the field of battle. Yeah. He had like a noble, a noble death, you know? Yeah. I love that and line. He has that great, that great yeah. line. You're about to say it. Yep. You say it. You say nah, it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you go, you go. When he's with the, the Raptors and he's like, clever girl. Yeah. And then they get him. They jump right Just like top. he described they would. He said that they would be looking at one and they come at the sides and he mm-hmm. thought he had one. And they came at him. Yeah. They hunt in, in packs and they're smart and they learn. Just an amazing, uh, a great plant and payoff right there. Yeah. That's interesting. All those people died knowing that they were doing something wrong. I think they had the choice to leave, but they never took it. Mm-hmm. Like, they chose the money over of, everything. Yeah. The purity of heart thing also comes from the horror movies. Like we talked about when we did it, it's like, oh, the kids that are trying to have sex and do drugs, they're the first ones that die, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's a very like cultural artifact. You look at America founded, really built by this Purit- Puritan mindset and culture and the evangelicals in the early 1900s and everything. And even mm-hmm. things that are going on now, it's like, if you're not considered pure of heart a good person in a certain specific way mm-hmm. and it's kind of okay if you get messed up if you you know if you if you die if something mm-hmm. bad happens to you because you know you are a bad person because mm-hmm. you don't live 100 percent righteous and you see it in the movies yeah even a movie like jurassic park that is really trying to be not super political even though it makes some good points yeah that's that's so culturally, so Western, culturally Western, like you're saying, it has such deep, uh, uh, dark roots in imperialism and like uh, people needing an excuse to take from others, right? Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. it's the savages. We're going to go give them religion because they're impure. Right. It's totally fine that we take their land. It's totally fine that we make yeah. them work for us. Cause we're actually saving them. Yes. Yeah. 
that's so American, that's so Western. And it's funny because it's such a part of the narrative of the country, but it's not even the reality of mm. the country. Mm-hmm. And it never has been, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not the reality of humanity anywhere, not even just to say colonizers or just white Europeans that came here and how white people have built up this country. But anywhere, it's like, it's not just society's image of a good person that succeeds. Mm-hmm. The, the scammers, the liars, the cheaters. Right. Sometimes even the murderers rise. Mm-hmm. And that you could trace that to culture after culture. True. Dynasty after dynasty, you know, monarchy after monarchy. Mm-hmm. True. There's something but human this, about how we can write off people if we think that they're bad yeah. for what happens. That's why, uh, and it's it's awful, but that's why any news story that comes out about, um, you know, some somebody that gets killed by the cops, uh, you know, right. you can count the seconds before they start looking into that person's life and start going, oh, yeah. they actually, you know, smoked weed when they're in high school. And then they smoked weed. So, mm, so I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. They had it coming. <laughs> they're 45. They smoked weed in high school. They had it coming. It's, and, and uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes just being old is enough to get you punished. Like when COVID first hit and people were like, Hey, mm-hmm. well, uh, it's okay. If old people die. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's one way to look at things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's about all I got for Jurassic Park. I think we we jumped into enough stuff. That was good. Oh yeah. Um, looking forward to this season. You know, in the last season, I was actually pretty not feeling great off and on. Mm-hmm. So feeling better now. So hoping to really have a strong strong go with these with this season. Yeah. Um. Did you cast? I did not cast this. Oh, you didn't cast? I cast a few no, roles. I, I didn't forgot. cast all of them. Well, let's go through them one by one, and then uh, then we'll wrap. Then we'll be done. We'll be wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Dope. And you tell me if but, you approve. All right, I'll just do. Yeah, I'll just be the exec and tell you if your movie gets greenlit or not. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so I think that this movie you could totally do a black version of this movie. It'll just be fun. In fact, they've already attempted black versions, and you'll see in my first casting. Maybe you'll see the connection. Okay. Uh, of not Jurassic Park, but of a type of movie like it. All right. Okay. You're building suspense as good as Spielberg right now. <laughs> Here we go. Boom, boom, water jiggling. Uh, Dr. Dr. Alan Grant, the Sam, Sam, whatever his last name is. Sam Neil, yeah. Sam Neil, the Sam Neil role. I'm going with Idris Elba. You see okay. the connection from a previous movie he made? Is this the recent one where he was in the safari? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Did you see, okay. Did you see I that didn't. movie? I didn't. No. Did you? I no. I uh, I missed okay. it. But yeah, it also was only in theaters for like a week, so it's not even all our fault. Super brief. Super brief. I heard it. I heard it was good, and it's just it looks like Jaws or Jurassic Park in the jungle. Um. Okay. So that's my okay. first first one. All right. I like it. I mean, hey. As far as an executive, you're looking you're looking good right now. Good, 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 good. I got that approval. So 
Next one, Dr. Ellie Sattler. Mm-hmm. I went with Jessica Williams. Um, she's in, she's been in Shrink, this most recent show. Yeah, no, she's great. Comedian, was on The Daily Show. It's a couple mm-hmm. movies. Don't know if that's helping you mm, get the green like this. A movie of this size, right? Okay. Okay. This is a big movie, but but you got Idris and okay, she is known. I know who she is, and she's funny. So sure, sure. Yeah, I'm still feeling. Right. I'm still feeling good about our our chances here, and and you know she might save us some money other, over some other names too, and still there have we a go. good appeal. There we go. She'll save us some num- some money. Uh, and then now Ian Malcolm. The Jeff Goldblum role, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going, it was tough to cast this one because you can't, I can't think of anyone like Jeff Goldblum. So, he's a unique dude. Sure. So, the more unique if he's gotten older. Truly, truly. So, I went with uh, Richard Ayoade. Oh, yeah, yeah. The British, British guy, yeah. Yeah, British comedian guy, kind of funny, strange, smart guy. I don't okay. know if I'm getting the green light on that, but we'll figure it out. Idris is like, you know. He's caring. Yeah, you started with LeBron, so. Right. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> who else you got? And then Dr. John Hammond, who was, yeah. even now, as I say, I'm forgetting who that guy was. But. Richard Attenborough, who is the brother of David Attenborough, who does the Planet Earth series. Oh, right. The voice of nature, basically. Yeah, yeah. Who you, who, who you got? That's, I, I could not cast that one. Now I'm thinking about it. You know what I realized? I who miscast, did you have? I miscasted it. I oh, Okay. I thought that I was casting for, I can't think of anyone for him. He's he's the easiest. You think so? Yeah, just any old black. Only any old old black black dude? That you like. Keith David. I put Keith David because of the voice, you know. Keith David's great. Keith David's great. Going going back for a second, if Richard Iowade is too expensive, I'll cast myself as Ian Malcolm. Richard Iowade is not too expensive, but hey, you should put yourself in in your movie. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you might have to play. You might have to play the lawyer, though. You might have to, you know, maybe not the big role. You know, sure. Yeah, I don't mind getting killed on the toilet, or I'll play that dude. Yeah, yeah. just getting eaten up. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Newman, I cast uh, Justin Cunningham from, from Grand Crew. From Grand Crew. Yeah. Oh, shout out! Yeah. Oh, that would be funny. He's so funny, bro. Oh, he's just so funny. It would be great to see him play that role. Um, and then I couldn't think of the hunter. Maybe you can help me think of one. Robert Muldoon. Robert Muldoon, who had some amazing legs. When he stepped outside one time, I was like, his VMO muscle is amazing. <laughs> so well defined. I'm like, did they get an actor or a martial artist to do this role? That's a great question. Uh, I'm sure he has a background. I would say. Who who is Daniel Kalua? Kalua. Daniel Kalua. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all that's all he wrote. Hopefully I get a green light. Uh we we, we might have some suggestions. We might 
Uh-huh. You know, it, it's really if we can get a good Dr. Dr. Hammond, if we can get Keith David or. Sure. You know, somebody like that. Andre Brower would be great, too. Oh, yeah, he'd be great. So if we can get somebody in that role, I think I think we still got a movie. Thank you. I'll figure that out. Okay. I'll make it work. Uh, well, thank you for watching the movie with me, man, and talking with me. Yeah, man. This is great. Um, that's it for this episode. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, like Amon, if you're a young millennial or Gen Y or whatever it is, go watch Jurassic Park. Turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. Watch it at regular speed. <laughs> 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 if you're an old, old G, old head like me, mm-hmm. uh, gather the family. Don't watch yeah. it alone. Watch it with a friend. Watch it with a kid. Nephew, niece, son, daughter. Yeah. Grandma. She's seen it. Grandma's seen it. Grandma definitely like, saw she was, it. That was 30 years ago. She was 40 then. She saw it. Yeah. Watch it with your family. Yeah. Wow. This is a and family movie that was horrifying. But watch it with It really was. It was such a spectacle. Yeah. And, um... A white movie made for general whiteness, but mm-hmm. for me, for me, you know, this is one. Yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Yeah, I think we've done all the analysis. I don't yeah. want to get into another hour. We're wrapping it up. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Peace. Peace.